everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks Live Sessions, uh, where we talk about people's stories of how God's love has unlocked their lives. And it's brought to you by our ministry, Love Key, where we minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we believe that healthy families build a healthy nation. And one of our biggest problems is fatherlessness. And we, through ministry of music and through the ministry of the word and through these kind of video podcast and live sessions, we try to speak into that, try to make a difference in that area, trusting together with all of you who want to see a better nation, a nation that loves God, that we get to that place. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you've been here before, you may notice today is a little different. Uh, I do not have an actual guest lined up, uh, which is a little bit of a change. But I thought today that I would share a bit of my story with you about how God's love has unlocked my life and open up the floor to questions that you may have based on my story or any other questions uh, that you may have about faith, about God, Jesus, uh, things that you may be struggling with. Uh, if you have a prayer request, you can put that through. So please start thinking already about what you may want to ask and uh, pop that on the comments uh, from whichever platform you're listening on. We are streaming live to my Facebook page, my wife's Facebook, uh, well, my wife and my together Facebook page, uh, to Love Keys Facebook page. We are on my YouTube channel channel and going live to Twitter via Periscope. So wherever you are tuning in from, uh, please say hi, please tell me where you're coming from. And uh, also, if you have any questions or comments, please post them on here. And I would love to get to all of you guys. Uh, hello, Hanali uh, from Wellington, New Zealand. You're, uh, you're quite a regular. Thank you for being here every time. Appreciate it. Uh, and everyone else logging on, I can see there's quite a few people that have logged on and tuning in. Thank you so much. Welcome. It's so great to see you online. Um, if you just joined, just uh, to repeat quickly, I'm, today I'm going to share a bit of my story. And uh, if you would like to ask any questions uh, about my story, about faith, about something that you're going through, um, if you want to just maybe, you know, have an ear to listen to today or someone to pray with you, uh, I would love to be there for you in this moment. So this is what this session is about. Next week, we, uh, we will have guests again on Tuesday. I'm going to speak to Pierre Spies, you may remember him as a, a Springbok rugby player, very, very famous guy. He's now a pastor, and uh, I'm going to chat to him on Tuesday. Uh, hello, Antoinette from Cryfontein. Hello, Mariska from Mozambique. Dwayne from Hilton. Uh, it's so great to see you guys. Charmaine from Gauteng. Uh, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. What a wonderful privilege to be able to connect with you like this. And I hope you're all doing well, and I hope that you're keeping safe. And uh, with you, I am trusting that all this lockdown stuff will come to an end very soon uh, so that we can meet and have events again. And maybe I can visit your town and do an event there. It'll be so great, uh, even if it is overseas. <laughs> all right, so um, I want to jump right in and share a little bit about my story. And, uh, and if you have any questions, as I said, please ask, uh, comment, ask for whatever you have on your heart today. It'll be great to just connect with you guys and, and do that. Um, so, so a lot of you will know parts of my story, maybe none of my story. I, I have no idea. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the, the main moment for me where, where God unlocked my life the first time and a few landmarks that were there after that. Um, so... For me, if you've been listening to this program and anything else where I've been sharing, you'll know that I have a very strong belief of, of the importance 
importance of salvation and and that we must really understand what it means and what the change should be after salvation in our lives. And so I want to also obviously not just tell my story, but hopefully make some points that that, that touches your life and your heart and encourage you, inspires you, and, and hopefully make you take action in where it may be needed. All right. Uh, hi, Sherry from Joburg. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's great. Please keep on commenting. Keep on asking your questions. I'm going to try to get to all of them as we do this session today. I just feel like as we start, let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this moment in time. I thank you that we can be together. And I thank you for everyone that's listening, that's watching, that you will bless them, guide them, and lead them. Holy Spirit, this, is, this moment is about you. It's about bringing glory and honor to you, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you will lead us, guide us, and, uh, and speak to us in this session. In the, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so... My story um, starts a long time ago. <laughs> um, I, I am now 42. And uh, when I was about 16, um, things, uh, I had my first major encounter with the Lord. And, but before that, I was very privileged to grow up in what we typically would call a Christian home. I grew up uh, Dutch Reformed, Afrikaans, and my, my, my parents taught us about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we went to Sunday school. We sang uh, Christian songs in church. We, we learned about all these things. We heard the stories. And even as a young person, I remember um, having a lot of questions and and. Some of the stuff not being very clear to me, um, but I, but it was it was part of a culture uh, that I grew up in, and but but I, I only had my first real encounter with God when I was sixteen, and up until that point, if you had asked me, "Am I a Christian?" I would have said, "Yes, I'm a Christian," but I only realized later that I was merely an, a cultural Christian. And I thank God for my parents. I thank God for my parents who who taught me about Him, but. They cannot choose for me to follow Jesus. That's a decision I have to make on my own. Um, and I realized all of this and many more, many things more, uh, in October 94, when I was at a leaders camp. I mean, I so believed that I was a Christian, <laughs> that I was a Christian leader in school. I was leading a cell group. And, and I, I was even in this, uh, at this leadership camp. And on the Saturday night of the leadership camp, God had an appointment with me and I, I didn't know it, but it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. So we were having a worship session the Saturday night and then the worship leader towards the end, he said he wants each and every one of us to just focus on God right now, to, to forget about everyone around us, to close our eyes and to listen. And then he played Agnes Day from Michael Lowry Smith and he started telling us to use our imagination. That to, to imagine that we are in this forest, that we are walking through this path. There's animals rustling in the bushes everywhere. There's a wind. There's, you know, and I was seeing this vividly in, in my mind's eye. And I was, I was really experiencing how I'm walking through this forest. And I was going through it, going through it, and really getting into that place and, and, and knowing that I'm there you know, in, in my mind's eye. And then, um, as, then he said, after you've gone through the forest, you get to a clearing. There's like an open space. And I saw that. I saw myself coming out of the forest and seeing this open space. And he said, on the other side of the clearing, there's a wall. And behind the wall is God. And then he said, 
ask God, what is the wall separating you from him? And then the worship leader kind of let us go and to, to have this conversation, to have this moment, to have this encounter. And so in that moment, I, I, I saw this wall and I, it was so real, so vivid. And I, I looked to the left and I looked to the right. I couldn't see the end of the wall. I looked up. I couldn't see the end of the wall. And as I was looking at this wall, the bricks of the wall became these, these little demons that were laughing at me. And I realized that it's sin. There's sin that separates me from God. It was just this, you know, I mean, I've heard it said. Um, I've read it in the Bible, but th there was a revelation, I guess, is the best word to, to explain it. A revelation in, on, in the deepest part of who I am that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And, and I just prayed a, a simple prayer. I said, Lord, forgive me. I want to be with you. And in, the, in an instant, I saw how that massive wall that I couldn't see the end of just disappeared. It just completely became dust. And then I had, you know, as, as physical as you can experience something spiritual, I, I, I had this very real, very spiritual experience of running into the arms of Father God and Him hugging me. And saying into my ear, I love you, my son. <laughs> and until that moment, I had no idea how much I needed to hear that. How much I needed to hear from the one who created me, that he knows who I am and that he loves me. It just completely wrecked me. <laughs> I just, I, I, I couldn't be the same after that. I remember that evening ending and, and I, had this, I had this incredible energy like pulsating through my whole being. And, and we, after that, we all, everyone in the camp, we went down to, we were at Claymont and we went down to Claymont's beach at night and it was this beautiful summer evening. And as soon as my feet hit the sand, I, it was like I couldn't help myself. I had to, I just started running and I ran and I ran and I ran. I had this, amazing energy. I ran completely away from the group all the way down the beach. And I just started worshiping and praising God. I sang every song that I could think of. And then when I ran out of songs, I just started making up songs. <laughs> and I was just worshiping God in, in a way that, whew, man, I never knew was possible even. And my life was completely changed from that moment on. And from that moment, I, I looked at everything differently. And I, there was this hunger inside of me for, for more of, of God, for more of Jesus. And, and you know, the, now I look back at all those moments, at that moment and many others in my life. And, and I can tell you why our ministry is called Love Key. It's because I, in that moment, I experienced how the, the love of God, when I had the revelation of how much He loves me, that was the key to unlocking my salvation, which is another way of saying it unlocked my true identity, which is another way of saying my spirit being that God created even before time began, before the foundations of the earth, according to Ephesians 1, 
He says that I knew you and I planned you before the foundations of the earth. That is our spirit beings that he had in mind. And, and then you read Psalm 139 and you see how he, he, he planned you, he designed you, he knit you together in his mother's womb. And all that stuff just started, you know, I, I, I got a sense of what this really means. Still not knowing much, still being very spiritually, obviously immature. Um, but that was the, the day that everything started for me. And I had this huge hunger for more. I, I started buying books. I started trying to go to, to all, the, all the Christian festivals that I could go to. And that back at that stage, some people may remember this. We had Love Southern Africa conferences happening all over South Africa. And I try to go to as many of them as possible. Um, I started getting way more involved in, in events at school. Uh, I was part of the Christian Student Society. In matric, I became the the leader of the Christian Student Society, and uh, it just kind of it just completely changed my life. And by the time I, I hit uh, university, I had started playing guitar. That's actually interesting. About three months after I had that encounter as a sixteen-year-old, I got my first guitar. <laughs> so I was I got saved in October '94, and that December I got my first guitar, and it was a like a fifth-hand. <laughs> 300 rand uh, nylon string guitar, very cheap, uh, very simple, had no frills. I didn't even have a strap for the thing, couldn't plug into a sound system, nothing. It was just a plain old cheap guitar. And I had to save up for that guitar. Um, and, and, you know, my parents gave a bit, I gave the rest. And that was my first guitar. And I remember that I did not enjoy the way I was, I, I was taught to do piano. Um, so I wanted to learn guitar, uh, you know, in a, in a more organic way that I could enjoy it, <laughs> if I can put it that way, with respect to all my piano teachers out there. Uh, and and I, I, I got a book that showed me the, the chords and I started practicing. And about six months later, I could play a few songs. And a few months after that, I played in front of people for the first time. And it was at our youth church uh, in Stellenbosch, I was at the Belgelegen um, Ingekerk, Dutch Reformed Church, and we had, uh, you know, we had uh, services for the youth, and uh, I, I was leading, I led worship that one night, and it was the first time I ever played in front of people, um, was at church, and it was leading worship, very, very simple songs with my little guitar, no sound system, I think there were about 12 people <laughs> that night, and but, uh, but I, 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 I had this experience. The best way I can explain this experience to people is that in that moment, as I was singing these songs, as I was leading worship, I felt like a little drop from heaven fell onto my head and just uh, uh, permeated my whole being. Uh, and it was almost like what I call it is a clue from heaven. I, I had a clue from heaven as to what God has called me to do. And I was the first, first of those. And I had a few along the way. The big thing that I found as a young Christian was that I wasn't, I, my experience was that I, I was missing something. I was, there was something that I wasn't tapping into this and I was looking, I kept looking. I was like, I want to see more of the supernatural. I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that. And, and I was so hungry for more and I felt like I couldn't 
find it, you know, I don't know how to explain it. And at that time, there were many different uh, churches, denominations, uh, new charismatic movements, evangelical churches popping up around Stellenbosch. And uh, a lot of the parents of, you know, my parents, my parents' peers, they were, there was some upsetting stories about how they felt they were losing their children to some of these churches that popped up. And I heard all about it <laughs> at home. And I didn't want to be that guy, you know, that, that does that. And, uh, and also, I, I felt there was a space for me still at the Dutch Reformed Church. I was leading worship as a student. I was part of one of the bands, led worship on Sundays. Um, and we did some touring. And I also had a band with a friend of mine, and we played on campus a few places. So music was just part of my the whole student experience. And I was studying law at the time. Um, but, you know, many times I would look at my books and look at my guitar and the guitar won. <laughs> uh, so I, I couldn't say that I was an exemplary student. Uh, I'm just glad I, I went to all my classes because if I didn't, I would be, you know, I learned the best by listening and asking questions. I was, wasn't so good at sitting down reading the books. Um, but anyway, all of that stuff was happening. And, and, and in that process, the point I want to make, you know, by explaining all of that is that I was living a seesaw Christian life. What I mean by that is I was, I, I had many moments of ha feeling that I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And every now and again, I would fall back into old habits. I would, I would fall back into sin. I would, you know, uh, and then I would feel bad. I would feel guilty and condemned when I did that. And then I would feel unworthy of being a Christian. And then I would feel like, man, I need to be good for a while now so that I can impress God again so that He can love me. I, I fell into that trap. Uh, and it's basically an, uh, an orphan spirit. Later in life, I realized looking back at that time that I think I can explain a big part of that behavior. And maybe this helps one or two of you out there. I realized that my love language is words of affirmation. If you don't know what love languages are, get the book by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, very helpful. But um, I realized that my love language is words of affirmation. So when I felt my parents praise me, thank me, compliment me, I felt loved. And if, I, if they were giving me words that weren't uplifting or encouraging, I felt not loved. It wasn't their intention, and I know that. They, they were just being good parents, teaching me right from wrong and, and showing me when I'm making a mistake. But my experience of it was, I'm not loved when I do this. So I was trying to be a good boy, that you know, have good manners and do all the right things so that I get the praises of people so that I feel loved. The problem is that I took that way of thinking and living, and I started applying it in my relationship with God the Father. And also, if you try to show people you live right, but maybe behind the scenes when no one is looking, there are things happening that shouldn't be happening, you try to hide that from those people that because you just want to hear the praise. You don't want them to know about the stuff you're struggling with, right? And I had things like that that I was struggling with. And so I, I just took that little system into my, my Christianity, my, my salvation, because the, the, the reality is that if when you get saved, yes, you are born again. Yes, you are a new creation. I, I completely agree with that. But after being a Christian for a long time and having 
gone through many seasons in my life. I can tell you now that if I read the Bible and I go on what I've experienced, it is very clear that at salvation, my spirit is born again. The spirit that God put in me is born again and, and actually gets, gets um, uh, it, it, yeah, that's where your new creation sits. It's in your spirit man, your spirit being. But you have a soul. That is your will and emotions and um, your, your mind, your will, your emotion. And then you have a body, the physical thing that, you're, that hosts <laughs> your soul and your spirit. And the problem is that your soul and your body has been exposed to the world. It is, it is where, you, where sin is. It's where the brokenness of this world is and where you sin from. Now that your spirit is new and a new creation, your soul and your body needs to play catch up to your spirit. But your body and your soul wants to keep pulling your spirit back into what it used to be. So there, that's why Paul talks about there is this tug of war. There's this tension between my spirit and my flesh. And I was feeling this in a very, very strong way, struggling with it so much. And because I kept feeling, uh, you know, condemned when I messed up. And then I felt, uh, I, I decided when I was worthy again of God's love. And it was this up and down thing. And I knew something was wrong. Something wasn't the way it's supposed to be. Anyway, so then, uh, you know, the whole idols thing happened and I became famous and the, the, all the problems I had became bigger <laughs> uh, because now I'm in this whole new world and this, having this, this, this whole new experience and all my weaknesses were now multiplied. Uh, all the opportunities to fall for my weaknesses multiplied. And it was, it was a mess. I mean, I, in many ways, I was doing okay, but behind the scenes, in darkness, my, my life was going backwards and, and I made poor choices. I compromised and just at the right time, that's how God works. He sent uh, an amazing man to, into my life. He phoned me and said, listen, uh, I feel like I need to speak to you. Let's have coffee. Now, I, I'm not telling you all the details of my whole story because it's a long one and, you know, we have time for just a few things today. But this was the same guy who a year before he called me, he prophesied over my life. The first time I ever got a prophecy. And his prophecy was one of the main reasons why I entered idols in the first place. And then I never heard from him again. But now after I won idols a few months in, he phones me and says, listen, you know, God spoke to me about you in March already of 2002. Now that was months before I was, I was even in, I wasn't even in the top hundred yet. So God already spoke to him. Now he, he's in my life. We have coffee. He talks to me about what discipleship is. He explains to me how Jesus discipled his disciples and what the value of that is walking with someone that's spiritually stronger, leading you, teaching you the word of God and how to do life as a Christian. And one of the areas, of course, was being open and honest and sharing what's really going on in your life. <laughs> and I was listening to him a little bit like the, the penguins from Madagascar. You know, I was uh, smile and wave, boys. You know, I was like, yes, I'm nodding and smiling. And, but inside I'm thinking, heck no, I don't want to tell you everything that's going on in my life. Um, 
But, you know, I thank God for sending this guy. His name's Philip. I, he was one of my guests uh, a couple of weeks ago. You may remember that I had Philip on this program. Please go back and listen to that video or the podcast of my chat with Philip Pretorius. It would really bless you. Um, but, you know, he, he, he came in my life at just the right time. And, and then things happen in my life and I, and I realized I, if I keep going down the road I'm going, I will spiritually die and miss the mark f- for my life that God has for me, which in, in essence is sin, is missing the mark, missing the calling on your life. And I went to him the one day and I completely humbled myself and I said to him, okay, I haven't been telling you the whole truth about my life. Um, my life is actually quite a bit of a mess. I got saved now I was 16, but you know I've made some poor choices. I've back, backslidden big time. I try to get back to God. I love God, but you know I just keep getting stuck in these things. And and then I just I shared everything. I shared with him where I'm, my weaknesses, the things that I'm, the things that I keep sinning in. Um, and I just wept. I started weeping. I was sitting there in his lounge and weeping a whole Saturday almost. It felt like, and he just started, you know, speaking to me and with so much love, so much acceptance. Um, it was. It really felt like God was speaking to me through him. He started quoting scriptures to me about who I am in Christ. And and at one point, I remember there was this thing inside of me that wanted to push him away, wanted to strangle him. And I said to him, listen, there's something inside of me that makes me want to hurt you, like stop what you're doing. And he said to me, that's the strong man's spirit. And he just, he immediately took authority, spoke to that thing and it left me. And I was like, whoa, this is real. Like Ephesians 6 is real. They, our f- battle is not against flesh and blood. And, and through stuff like that, I started seeing how real spiritual authority is. And then I started taking this very, very seriously, started walking with him. And that saved my life in a big way. And I thank God for Philip and many other men of God after that who I was able to walk with. Now, was my life perfect after that? No. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that. But there was still a lot of stuff that God needed to deal with that I needed to get rid of, that I needed to lay down. And it was a process. I will tell you about the third big moment in my life. So the first one was getting saved as a 16-year-old. Then it was this moment with Philip. And then a few years later, I found myself falling back into bad habits again. I found myself not sticking to what I knew was right and, and a healthy way to live, which is to be in constant connection with the guy or the men discipling me, to, to live transparent, to live um, you know, in, in that way. And I, and I started compromising in little ways and eventually you know, almost lost the plot completely again. And I remember having this very dark night of the soul kind of experience on a, on a weekend um, at the beginning of 2006. And it, uh, it's a long story. There's many details to it. But the, the, the bottom line was that I felt that I am a very, very bad Christian. I felt like I'm a hypocrite. And I was ready to quit being a Christian. And I, and I said as much to the guys that I worked with. I, I emailed all of them, my pastor, my friends. And I said to them, this is my list of sins that are back in my life that I've allowed. This is how I've compromised. Um, I'm a hypocrite. I can't keep doing this. I'm so sorry. I've wasted your time. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I need to quit because I'm just, I'm making a joke of this whole thing. And it was the hardest email (laughs) 
to write and uh, it just broke my heart. And then I, 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 the rest of that weekend, I just wept. I was just shattered. I felt so bad about everything that was going on in my life. And uh, on that Monday, I started hearing back from all of them. And it was amazing. Each and every one of them, either by email or calling me, said the same thing. They said, Heinz, I've, I've read your mail. And all I can tell you is that I love you and God loves you. And this is not the end of your journey. This is not the end of your life. And the way they loved me, the way they uh, just were rivers of God's love for me, just completely shattered me. I was so blown away. I was completely expecting them to judge me, to rebuke me, to, you know, uh, and, and it didn't happen. And what happened at the same time that, 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 that I realized is the, the love they showed, the grace they had, God's grace, did not make me think, oh, I can do it again and get away with it. Not at all. The complete opposite. The, I, it made me feel like, man, I want to be like these guys. I want to I live the way God wants me to live. If God says I can live a holy life and be perfect like he is perfect, then, then that is possible. What is impossible for man is possible with God. The word says that. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff that kind of just, you know, clicked into place for me in that moment. It was also the moment after which I knew that I knew that Aleta is my wife. And I started pursuing her. And that same year we got married. It was an incredible moment of God's love once again unlocking my life, a big aspect of my life. And it's, since then, it's been a journey. It's been a journey of, of trying to stay on that path and staying close to the, the men of God that He's put in my, in my life that are there for a reason. And also trying to be that man for other men. That is how discipleship works, is to have someone speaking into your life and you leading other people to Christ and then walking with them, speaking the same truths that you've learned to them. It's Matthew 28. Jesus said, go into all the nations and, and um, teach them what I've taught you. And that's, that's what being a Christian is all about. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love people. If you love God and you see yourself through His eyes, and know that you are, you are so worthy and so loved that Jesus died on a cross for you um, and that by that you have everlasting life, then you look at yourself and you go, man, I am loved by God. So I, I, I have to love myself in that godly way. That's why the Bible then says, so and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't actually love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. And you need to see yourself through God's eyes to love yourself so that you can love your neighbor. How do you love your neighbor? You tell them about God. You tell them about the good news that has changed your life. If you really love people and your life has been changed by Jesus, you can't help but to share it with other people. That is, that is how the kingdom works. It took me a very long time to realize that and to apply it in my life. And I'm not sitting here saying I get it right always, but I can tell you that it has been a growth of knowing nothing, <laughs> being pretty ineffective Christian to getting to a place of where I can see how God has been preparing me and, 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 and making me more and more like Him so that I can be His hands and feet in the specific sphere that He's called me in. 
And that is true for every one of you, for every one of us. It's that God has a specific calling on each of our lives that He predestined. If you, if you, let me, I think I need to read Ephesians 1 because it's, it's such a powerful passage that if you ever feel stuck or ever feel worried or ever feel, you know, you're not worthy or whatever it might be, just read Ephesians 1. You, same with Colossians 1. You can just go there and get, get this because if, if you can say, I have given my life to Christ, I am saved, then reading this, knowing this is so powerful because you can know that this is who you are. If you read um, Ephesians 1 from verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. It says it's God who has, so he's done this, this God who has blessed us, the children of God, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All right? So what happens when you get born again? You are in Christ. You, are, you die to your old self and you are raised with Christ. Verse 4, just as he chose us, he chose us in him, listen to this, before the foundation of the world. I mentioned that earlier. Now there's a reason why he chose us before. Listen, this is the reason that we should be holy and blame and without blame before him in love. He chose us so that we can be holy and blameless before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. It keeps going on like that, guys. It's so powerful. That is who we are when we give our lives to Christ. And it's taken me a very long time to start realizing that that is true and that that is true for me. It's true for everyone else that has truly given their lives to Christ. It's also why it's so important for me to, to help people understand how big a deal salvation is, to understand that salvation is where it all starts and salvation that, that doesn't lead to the fruit of a life that is changed fruit of that you can see on that person's life man they've been with jesus like they said about the disciples they were called christians little christs because people said they've been with jesus does your life does my life look like i've been with jesus if not then you have to double check your salvation because there's something supernatural that happens when we get saved and there's something supernatural that should be spotted on your life. There should be a shift, a change in behavior, not because you're trying to change your behavior, because you have become a new being in, on the inside. And it's, yes, as you know, as you may know, and as I've told you from my own story, if we try to go at it ourselves alone, and I was a lone ranger Christian for a very long time, then the chances of survival are not very great, unfortunately. But that's how God designed it. He designed the church, his body, to work like that. And it's the body of believers. It's being part of a local church, a life-giving local church of people who love Christ, who stand on the word of God, who are there for you. It's that thing 
that is very important for the rest of your journey as a Christian. It's where we get stronger so we can go out and do more. Church is not a place, it's not a building, it's not a place. It is the congregation of believers that, yes, sometimes come together. But when we get together, the point is, according to the Word of God, that we get um, equipped by the fivefold ministry for the work of ministry. So everyone that calls himself or herself a Christian is called for the work of ministry. What is the work of ministry? Spreading the gospel to all nations. And each and every one of us has, has been given specific space, talents, spheres of influence, um, opportunities, people that we need to reach with that good news. And the more I grow in Christ, the more I see that is how it works. And that's what we were created for. So anyway, I just felt today I needed to share a bit of my story with you and, and hopefully it's blessed you and helped you and guided you in some way. Um, I want to ask if, if anyone has any questions. It doesn't have to be about my story. It may be about salvation or faith or your own journey. Um, please, you can ask it here in the, in the comments. I can see all of the comments. I did see earlier someone asked for a prayer request, um, Zelda Pretorius. She says, please pray um, for my friend that's going into theater at three o'clock today. All right, well, let's stand together with Zelda. Um, wherever you are, let's stand together with Zelda for prayer for her friend who's going into theater. Lord Jesus, I, we just want to stand with Zelda and, <coughs> and stand in, the <coughs> excuse me, Stand in the gap for her friend who has to go into theater at three o'clock today. Lord, we don't know the situation or what's what needs to happen, but we just come together as um, fellow believers and we speak a blessing in the name of Jesus over that person that the that you will bless the operation, that you will touch the hands of the surgeons and the the um, the, the staff that are helping, that all of them will be at the top of their game, that the the outcome will be positive and that nothing will go wrong. I thank you for your protection. Thank you for your angels surrounding that person right now, your wall of fire surrounding that person, your blood, the blood of Jesus covering that whole thing, and that you are there, right there with them. Thank you, Lord, that we will hear a good report, a praise report about what happened there today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Um, I want to see if anyone else had any... Um, <laughs> any comments thank you for your your very positive comments i appreciate that um amen yes we all need mentors in christ to be accountable and grow into maturity that is so true uh, thank you billy ronnie <laughs> gospel goosebumps nice so good to hear from you guys awesome all right i don't see any other questions or prayer requests uh, right now. So I, I think I'm going to probably end there. I'm going to give it a few more minutes, see if anyone has something to share. Uh, while we have this moment, I do want to tell you quickly that tonight you can tune in again on um, my Facebook page, um, my, 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 my wife's Facebook page together and on our Instagram, or my wife's Instagram account, tonight at quarter past nine, we are doing a free live session 
uh, about Let's Talk Marriage. We had a marriage seminar for a while, over 10 weeks. Um, It ended uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we want to do another one. And um, this is going to be our launch of it tonight. So please join us tonight at quarter past nine to hear more about Let's Talk Marriage 2, how it works, what you can expect, um, any questions that you may have. So it'll be really cool if you guys can join us tonight. We'd really appreciate that. Hanley, she says, please pray for God's will in our life. Um, husband lost his job due to COVID and currently in New Zealand. Sure. We're so sorry to hear that, Hanley. Um, we will definitely pray for you and your husband. Um, we don't always understand these things and why they happen or how they happen. Um, but we know that God is on the throne, that He is in control. Um, and that no matter what's happening, he, uh, he, there is an outcome. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. And, and, and we need to trust in His sovereignty. And it's really hard when things don't work out the way we want them to. Um, but that's, that's, that's where, where we need to know I am the I'm the pot and he is the potter uh, and I need to trust him. The Bible is so clear where it says, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, trust the Lord. It's very hard to do when things don't go the way we want, but that's when, when we really need to worship, really need to praise, really need to thank him in the middle of the storm. There's, there's some very hard verses in the Bible that really challenges us. Uh, James 1 says, count it all joy. When trials of various kinds come your way. And it says it builds character and perseverance. And then it says, if you stick with it, you will be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, Romans 5 speaks about that we need to glory in tribulation. I mean, that, what, a, what a thought. But it says the same thing, that it creates uh, if we persevere, it creates character and character gives us a hope and the hope will not disappoint. So all these things that we go through in life, um, whether they are, you know, from our own bad choices or whether they're caused by the devil or whatever may be happening, I believe the Bible when it says God will work it, work, make it work together for our good. So let's stand on that. Let's trust that. And as we pray today, we can, we can know that, that God will come through in some miraculous way. So let's pray finally in our husband. Lord, we pray right now finally in our husband and what they are going through. Lord, we, we, we mourn with them, I want to say, that the loss of his job. But at the same time, Lord, we, we just confess with them that that job and that salary is not his provider. You are their provider. And Lord, I know it is very difficult when, when we don't have enough, when we feel like we're a failure or when things don't go our way. But Lord, I pray right now that you will bring your peace and your rest upon Hanley and her husband, that you will bring your peace and your rest on, onto their home. I thank you that every thought of worry and fear will be stilled in their hearts and that they will make a conscious choice to only fear you, to only love you, and to submit to your sovereignty. I thank you right now, Lord, that you are already lining up the next opportunity at the next place for them. That is going to be the right thing for the right time. And I thank you that you will open the doors that no man can shut, that you will give them favor, and that you will uh, just help him to see and be led by your spirit into the next opportunity. I thank you, Lord, that we will hear soon that there was a breakthrough, that there was a change, um, that you opened the right doors at the right time. Lord, I pray that that a spirit of humility will come upon them both, um, 
that there will be no pride or bitterness that can stand in the way of what you want to do and that you will guide them into the next season of their lives. I just sense, Lord, that there's something around the corner that will make them very glad, very excited, and we speak that over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. So excited with you guys. Bianca says, prayer request, I've been diagnosed with fertility problems, ask for prayer for miraculous conception. Wow, that's awesome. Um, Bianca, we definitely stand with you. Um, just want to say from, from our life, we can testify that um, that was also spoken over us um, when we wanted to start having kids. We tried for a very long time, oh, a very long time, I guess like half a year and nothing happened. And we started. We thought maybe we should just go for tests, and and they told us that based on our tests, we have less than five percent chance of, of falling pregnant, which is very low odds. <laughs> um, and but by God's grace, we knew now what to pray for. Uh, so he said, "Okay, thank you for the medical facts, but I have a word from God that I will have three boys and a girl." I knew then already. Um, so we said, "Lord, we stand on your word, and we agree that we will have children." And shortly after that, we we were pregnant. Um, and the first pregnancy was another very, very tough experience and a test because we, we had a miscarriage very soon after Aleta got pregnant. And it was a very, very hard thing to go through and we grieved. But once again, by the, by the grace of God and by walking with our spiritual family, God showed up in a supernatural way, healed our hearts. And, and as we gave that whole thing to Him and to His sovereignty, he just healed our hearts. And soon after that, we were pregnant again with, with Leon. And then we had three boys in a row. And then we had Alana now recently. So, Bianca, may that just be a encouragement to you. Um, so, we'll pray for you definitely. Lord, we just stand with Bianca. Lord, we know that, that your word says that where two or more are gathered, you are there. It also says that where two or more agree on a matter, it will be so. Lord, we know that in the beginning you told Adam and Eve to go into the world to, into, to multiply, to be fruitful and multiply. And Lord, I, I don't know exactly what Bianca's story is. I don't know what, what you have told them or whatever it may be. But Lord, we just stand together with her today to trust you that she will be able to conceive a child or children um, as it is your will. We thank you that you will do a miracle in them. I've seen this happen. We've prayed for people before that medically couldn't fall pregnant and you've done it. So, Lord, I stand on those testimonies and those miracles and I know that it's possible today. I thank you right now, Lord, that you will do the miraculous. And if there's anything, Lord, that from a spiritual point needs to be dealt with for this to for, for it to open the way for that, I pray that you will show it to Bianca and her husband that they will will know oh, there's stuff that we need to deal with in the spirit before this can happen, that you'll also show them that, give them that wisdom in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that and being open and um, transparent and vulnerable with us here in this community. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you, uh, Dwayne, Hanley. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it so much. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for standing in agreement, everybody. We appreciate it. Awesome. God is good. God is good all the time. Thank you. Thank you for joining today. Thank you for being part of this. I really appreciate your 
taking part, your contributions, your prayer requests, your comments. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. And uh, I hope to see you next week, Tuesday, when we chat to Pierce Peace. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. And thank you once again for being here. Thank you.